Good day, good evening, wherever you guys are joining us from in the world. Thank you so much for being part of this Kingdom Community session. It's going to be amazing, guys. Tonight, we continue. It's actually our second session in the course on cultivating kingdom culture. My name is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries, and I want to just let you know a little bit about our ministry awakenations.org. You can go to the website. We do itinerate and travel as well as offer online training and equipping. In addition to that, we have the Kingdom Community Television Network. You can go to kingdomcommunity.tv and watch amazing content from all over the world. Also, we have Kingdom Community Radio, kingdomcommunityradio.com. You can download the apps for Kingdom Community TV as well as Kingdom Community Radio, and listen to content, not only in English, but even other languages. If uh, English is not your, your only language you speak, the only language you speak. And please share with others. Let them know about Kingdom Community TV. It's free. You don't have to register. KingdomCommunity.tv. It's a big part of our ministry of what we're doing. We also serve my wife and I at a church in Melbourne, Australia. And this church is called NUMA Church, N-E-U-M-A. We serve as the global development um, pastors. And uh, big news for us is we are actually launching a church next week. On the 19th of November, we're launching a new NUMA Church location in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. So if you know someone in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and they don't have a church they're connected to, we'd love for them to join us. Just head over to the website, numa.church, numa.church, and you can actually hit a button that says expression of interest and give us your contact information. We'll follow up. So thank you guys um, so much. So tonight, um, when, over in America, it is tonight here in Australia, it's actually 1230 in the afternoon. It is Friday here, Thursday night for those of you guys on North America. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Everything's looking good. If you're wondering how tomorrow is going to be so far, so good. Everything looks great over here. And, uh, uh, tonight we jump into our session on cultivating kingdom culture. And I just want to introduce this topic a little bit for those of you who are joining, especially for the first time, you know, Peter Drucker, who's like a leadership guru, more in the business world. He made this statement. He said, culture is strategy for breakfast. In other words, no matter how great your mission may be, your, your strategies, your systems, your organizational structures, even if culture is not healthy, if it's toxic, it can actually um, thwart and even abort everything that you're trying to do. So one of the things that um, recent studies have indicated that 50% of people that leave a job, end up leaving because of their manager. And um, in other words, they don't necessarily just quit jobs. Maybe they like the job, but they quit uh, bosses and they quit cultures. And the sad thing is typically people that leave a toxic cultural environment, often those people are great leaders. They really are because they have many, they have other options. Like I don't need to be here. I can go somewhere else where the culture is healthier. Um, another thing that, that culture kills 
is revival. And I personally, Lynn and I have seen this happen where we were in the midst of a move of God's spirit in the United States. God was doing amazing things. People were coming from all over the place. But unfortunately, the culture, uh, a toxic culture crept in and we did our very best to deal with it. Sometimes it's super hard, especially in a system or a context where there's a lot of people that are toxic. And we did our very best to try to change that culture. And unfortunately, we were not able to do so. And it literally quenched the Holy Spirit. It grieved the Spirit of God and the revival shut down. So as much as we want to talk about revival, well, if we just pray more, if we just do this, um, guys, there's more to it than that. Because Jesus himself taught us, and I know our guest tonight is going to elaborate on this more, but Jesus taught us that there's actually more to it than just praying, believing for a move of God, for revival. There's something else that is incredibly important that literally has to do with setting the right culture. So we're going to dive into that tonight. If you um, are intrigued by this topic and you go, wow, this was awesome. I want to be part of that. I want to encourage you to become a monthly partner with the Kingdom Community. You can head over to our website, awakenations.org. Click on the donate button. You can give a one-time donation. Help us continue to preach the gospel to the nations. Help us to continue to you know, forge ahead with the online television network, reaching over 100 nations a month, unreached people groups as well, Arabic and many other languages as well and become a monthly partner or give a one-time donation. If you become a monthly partner with Awake Nations, we will make sure you get all of the resources from this course, as well as we have some bonus episodes just for you and additional content. It's going to be absolutely um, amazing and helpful to you in terms of understanding what God is saying in this season. So this session, uh, session number two, as I mentioned, we have a special guest. He's a good friend of mine, um, but truly is a kingdom strategist. He's an apostolic leader who serves a community of fivefold ministers known as Destiny Churches and Ministries International. His name is Dr. John Burpee, and he's been married to his uh, the sweetheart of his youth, Nancy, for a long time. Let him comment on that if he wants. And uh, he's just got a lot of insight and wisdom to help us to be able to shift in this time to really understand what God is saying and to do things in, in a kingdom fashion. Let's just put it that way. So guys, you can learn more about John at johnburpee.com. And he's going to actually share a little bit tonight about um, a book that you can get a hold of called Milestones to the Miraculous, and it's going to really impact you. And you get a copy of this book as well. Regardless of where you are in the world, we'll give you more information. There will be a Q&A time at the end of this session as well. So please hang around and do prepare any questions that you may have. We'll do our best to take, you know, three to five questions, perhaps even some more. All right, Dr. John Burpee, thank you so much, my friend, for being with us tonight, um, your time tonight over here in Australia, daytime. Thank you so much for being with us, and we really appreciate uh, what is what you carry in the mantle and the deposit on your life and how you're going to speak to us today. Thank you. Bless you. It's yours. Go ahead. Take okay. the floor. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Glenn, for uh, for inviting me and asking me uh, to uh, teach this uh, session here tonight. Uh, I feel it's a privilege. And so uh, this type of message is very important to me. Um, even in the past few months, Nancy and I, we've been really studying this a lot more and really diving into what's it take to not only have information, but to take and walk in that and experience it and let it bring transformation to our lives. <clears throat> and so tonight, I just want to give you a little bit of a setup and then I'll move into a, a real true key that God has given us that will help us to do that. But when we look at kingdom culture and and uh, we look at, uh, first of all, we look at revivals, you know, the last 2000 years, uh, we, we can go back and look at history. And of course, the last uh, probably five, six, seven, eight decades, even more than that, uh, there's been many outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, great revivals are recorded in our history books from the Welch revival, uh, many revivals around the world. I can remember going to uh, Los Angeles, celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Azusa outpouring. Uh, uh, when I was pastoring in uh, Nebraska and in uh, Missouri, uh, I was uh, part of the uh, Pensacola revival. My wife and I would travel down there and then our church would, would get down there and become a part of that and experience what was going on. And it brought great transformation to our lives. And we brought it back into our church and, and we had a great move of God for a season. And then I was with the Toronto Blessing involved with that. And I was involved with the Smith and Outpouring and, and even the, the move of God in Lakeland, Florida. And so I've seen I've seen the moves of God. I've seen the revivals. I've been a part of them. I've experienced them. And I've even experienced a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight, where I was all fired up. Things were moving. And then all of a sudden, things started dying out and the revival was gone. It burned out. And so uh, that put a great question in my own mind, but also as I've studied history and studied revivals, there's some things that we need to look at, you know, because we, we've seen the incredible moves of God. There's no doubt, incredible moves of God. We can talk about the salvations. We can talk about the miracles, the manifestation of God, uh, God's presence. But sadly, most of the revivals ended and some even ended abruptly. So I was reading an article here a while back about the reasons why many of the revivals burn up or, or they burn out. And in the article, it stated that there was, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the wine that had been poured out, but they were looking at the problem of the wineskin. And so when you see some skeptics and you read about skeptics that are investigating these revivals and Many of them concluded that they were not of God because they ended. But, you know, the question is, could it be that although it was a real move of God, but the concern was that people just didn't contain and maintain it because of the weakness of their wineskin. They weren't prepared for it. They weren't ready for it. But look what Luke chapter 5 in, in verse 37 says here. Jesus said, and no, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wineskin will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. So what this is saying is old wineskins cannot keep up with the expanding nature 
of the new wine. And the outpourings that we're seeing today, if we don't understand kingdom culture and how, how to uh, position ourselves and, and, and find the key on how to develop our culture, kingdom culture, then everything that happens and being poured out, it's not going to last. And so when we see this, we see the new wine, but we look at the new wine as a picture of revival. And we look at the new wineskin as a picture of kingdom culture. So it's God's will for both revival and the kingdom. It's his will. His will has always been for expansion, ever increasing expansion. So why is it that we, we have this outpouring, we have this great opportunity for expansion, and then it's gone? It's gone. But what, what, what the Lord desires that we, is that we progressively, we find ourselves progressively enjoying, expressing, and establishing his kingdom. And when we do that, the results are going to be spiritual revival that truly transforms our cities, our regions, and the nations. And so that's that's kingdom culture being established. And that's what we need to look at tonight. Now, there's a progression that takes place in all of our lives. You know, we get born again. Once we get born again, then we are positioned in the kingdom. And, and what I call that is when you get born again and you receive Christ in your life, you have a change of heart. That's the first thing that has to happen. Then there's a change of mind, a change of mindset, a change of your, your thinking. So you have a change of heart, a change of thinking. And if you truly have a biblical change of thinking, what happens is your behavior changes. And you start applying what you're reading in God's word. You start applying what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you through revelation. And what happens when your behavior changes, that begins to change your culture. And when culture changes, that transforms communities. It transforms families, communities, regions, and, and much more. And so think about this for a minute. And, and I've been in a, on a major study, just really, really diving into spirit, soul, and body. Because I believe that the, the Christian community probably operates a lot, lot more, not probably, but definitely operates a lot more from the soul than from the spirit. And so when we receive Christ into our life, we receive everything we need. All the knowledge, all the wisdom, everything is there, but we've got to learn how to operate more from our spirit, be more God consciousness than self-consciousness. Instead of having fellowship from the flesh, we can have fellowship spirit to spirit. And that is so important. And when we are operating from our spirit, you know what follows? You know what the caboose is for that? Our body. Our, we begin to speak it. We begin to act it out. We, and the body follows. But if we're being soulish and operating from the soul, the body will follow. And then we'll be, we'll be fleshly. We'll be selfish. Uh, and, and, so, and we won't be uh, reflecting any kind of kingdom culture. And so it's important for us to understand that it, it is so powerful if we really learn to be more intentional and in operating from our spirit than from our soul. But to successfully, let's get back to, to the expansion of God's word here for a minute. To successfully steward the expansion of God's word, we're going to need new wineskins. 
And again, wineskins are a picture of mindsets and culture. That's tearing down strongholds and establishing culture, kingdom culture around us. And so it's like what, what Glenn was saying, wrong mindsets and wrong culture will kill revival. We've seen it in history over and over and over again. I've experienced it. I pastored 25 years. Uh, uh, Glenn's been in our churches ministering years ago, and, and we had great moves of God, but there were times that we weren't prepared to, to grow in that and expand with that great anointing and, and continue to, uh, to grow in it and manifest the kingdom of God the way we should have because we weren't practicing kingdom culture. We had a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. We had some of the pieces, but we didn't have enough to really increase. So what we need to do is we need to embrace kingdom culture, just like what Glenn is talking about. That's why these sessions are so important, because it's going to help us to, to develop a mindset and a behavior that will, will bring kingdom culture into our lives, our personal lives, our marriages. You know, I see people talking, well, I'm kingdom, and they use a lot of the expressions of kingdom but it's not reflected in their lifestyle. It's not reflected in their marriage. It's not reflected in their finances. It's not reflected in the relationships and how they treat other people. And, and so, but but what, what we need to do is we really, really need to embrace kingdom culture, which is only the mindset that can sustain an ever-increasing revival. We got to get rid of that stinking thinking. And so let, let's just look at the greater anointing. Because God's wanting to pour out his spirit on us. He wants to increase. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory. I want to operate every day. I want to operate in a greater anointing, greater power, greater authority. But in order for me to do that, in order for me to continue to increase in that, I've got to be open. I've got to be open to, to walk in obedience. To, when I'm in God's word and the Holy Spirit brings these things to my mind, it says, John, you got to break these things off. These things got to be broken off of your life. You've got to walk in obedience to me. And when you come into alignment with my word, and as you're getting fresh revelation, yeah, it's going to be challenging to you. It's going to be uncomfortable. But when I come into alignment with that, when Nancy and I come into alignment with these things, we're seeing major changes in our lives, even the little foxes that spoil the vine, the little foxes that mess with our atmosphere. I'd like to be able to get up every morning and say what Jesus said to the disciples. You know, I'm leaving this place and, and the enemy of this world is coming, but I want to tell you something. He has nothing in me. If, if we can learn and be intentional and in trying to walk a life where we can say every day, the devil has nothing in me, that's a good place to be. Because now you, you have positioned yourself to get revelation from the Holy Spirit, to come into alignment with that, and to really begin to see the manifestation of God's glory, his anointing operating in your life. We all desire greater anointing, which is evident of, of the power of God in our lives. We want to see that. We want to see God's power intensified in our personal lives. We want to see God's power intensified in our churches. But unless we are able to successfully steward the greater anointing, it's almost pointless to pursue it. If we're not going to come into alignment with God's word, if we're not going to come into alignment with that still small voice and the revelation that we're getting, what, why is God going to keep on giving us kingdom revelation if we're not going to say, you know what, this is right. 
I'm going to get rid of some of this stuff that's fleshly in my life. I'm going to die to these things because I want to walk in a greater level of God's anointing. I want to be more effective. I want to have more impact in this world. But if we don't, if we don't come into alignment, it's like trying to fill a cup up that's got a bunch of holes punched in the bottom. You keep dumping the water in and it just emptying out. And so God keeps pouring his spirit out on us, and it's great, but it just we're leaking like a sieve. And so, but when we start coming into alignment with God's word, when we understand these kingdom principles, culture, how, how to establish culture into your life, how to come into alignment with God's word, the importance, you know, it, it says the word of God is active and alive. It's active and alive, cutting asunder what's of the soul and the spirit. That's so important that that we, when we get into God's word, it's alive. He's speaking to us right now, giving us fresh revelation. And yeah, it's going to challenge us and praise God. But if we will submit and yield, you see what, what Glenn was saying earlier, it, it we, we, well, we need to pray more. We need to fast more. You know what? You can pray all you want to. You can fast all you want to. I've been around those people. And they they they're abusive to their spouse. They're they're uh, they're uh, bad in relationships. They're very fleshly. But but man, they got all these religious acts that they're doing, trying to make up for all of that. And it's not about trying to do all these things to be better. It's about dying. It's about yielding to these things that God wants to break off of us so that we can tap more and more into our spirit. And then when things come our way, we're going to respond properly. I mean, you've heard this again and again and again. It's not a matter of what comes against you. It's a matter of how you respond to it. And if we are truly operating in kingdom culture, when things come against us, when somebody badmouths you or, or accuses you or something, or, you know, or, or uh, you get laid off of your job or, or whatever it might be that a negative thing happens, you're going to respond from a kingdom culture mindset, which is you're going to respond from a Christ-like mindset. That's what it's all about. But if we're, if we're not going to line up with God's word and walk in obedience, like I said, it's going to be like trying to pour water into a cup. God's going to be trying to pour things into you and it's just going to be leaking, leaking out. And so we've got to be able to develop a wineskin, establish a wineskin or a culture to be able to handle the ever-increasing revival God desires to see manifested on this earth. And so if we have right culture, we're going to be able to host an ever-increasing anointing in our lives. And that's powerful. We want that. But you look at Hebrews chapter 9 in verse 1. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1, here, here Jesus said this. He said, your throne, O God, will, fast, will last forever and ever. And this is awesome. Righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. Scepter speaks of authority. Righteousness will, will, will be the thing, the key that gives you the authority to operate in the kingdom says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil and gladness beyond your companions. So righteousness is a, is a trademark of the kingdom. It's so important we understand this. Righteousness is the culture of the kingdom. Righteousness is not supposed to be something that, just something that we practice once in a while. 
Righteousness needs to be our culture, our lifestyle. It has to be our way of life. Righteousness is how we think consciously and subconsciously. And so you're thinking from your spirit. When you're thinking subconsciously, you're thinking from your spirit. That's a great place to be. Because everything you 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 think from your spirit, it's kingdom. It's 100% pure. It's from Christ. It's it's an awesome place to be to be operating from. So when when we love righteousness and hate whatever is inconsistent with kingdom culture, then we will be in position to experience an ever-increasing anointing, which will fill you with supernatural joy and cause you to outshine those steeped in the culture of this world. You know, there's, there's a powerful contrast between a worldly culture and kingdom culture. Especially today, as dark as this world is, the more we step in and establish kingdom culture, the brighter our light's gonna be when we walk into this darkness in this world. It's so important that we understand that. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I looked at that and studied this. Righteousness is our position. That's our position. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a minute. But from our position comes peace and joy. Now, I understand that that when we receive Christ into our life, we step into the position of righteousness. I understand that. But at the same time, there, there can be circumstances that come our way. There can be things that we choose to do that are fleshly can kind of knock us off of that revelation and put us in a position where we're starting to listen to the lies of the enemy. And when that happens, what, what happens to us is we lose our peace and joy. And I tell people this all the time. I said, if you've lost your peace or joy, you don't have to look very far. Something has happened in your lifestyle where you've allowed something to creep in that's knocked you off balance in your righteousness, in your righteous living, that's stealing you, that's stealing and robbing from you your peace or joy. So next time you, you find yourself struggling, worrying, lost your peace, lost your joy, you don't have to look very far. You just need to to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what has knocked what has what has knocked me off balance. What is causing me to lose my peace and joy? And God will reveal that. And all we have to do is either make the adjustment, come into alignment with that, repent, whatever we need to do, and you're going to get your peace and joy back. You know, it's all about environment. It, in kingdom culture, we we bring an incredible environment in all around us. You know, God God gave us the authority and the power to create the atmosphere around us. And so why, why wouldn't we want kingdom culture? Why wouldn't we want that kind of an atmosphere where we have we're operating from the mind of Christ and, and, and we're loving like Christ loved and we're moving in the ways that he moved? I mean, here's a good example. Plants need the right environment in order to flourish. Now, the wrong environment is going to either cause that plant uh, to uh, growth to slow down, or it's going to prematurely kill it. Now, I've had several bonsai trees because I love them. My wife will not allow me to buy another bonsai tree because they're expensive, 
and I bring them home and I try to help them, but they're brought into a right environment because I don't have the wrong environment because I don't have the key. I don't have the understanding to know how to take a bonsai tree. So within a week, all of the, everything on that bonsai tree falls off, all the little needles, everything it's dead. And so I throw it away and I think, well, a year or so I'll go get another one. You know, the gas station, somebody's selling them. And I'll think, oh, I need a bonsai tree. And my wife reminds me, honey, you don't have the key to know how to properly cultivate that tree. You know, so it's only the environment. Think about this. It's it's the the, the only environment that can nurture the ever-increasing presence and power and the move of the Holy Spirit in your life is kingdom culture. We cannot expect to have revival in our churches. We cannot expect to move in the power and the authority that we're desiring if we don't come into alignment with his ways, his desires, his plans, and his purpose. And we do that through getting into God's word, allowing God to bring the, the, the revelation to us. And then when we get the revelation, we start walking in obedience towards that. So instead of crying out for another outpouring, of the spirit and a fresh anointing, maybe we need to work on our wine skin. That's important. There's nothing wrong with crying out for these things. I cry out for them. When I go and have meetings, I, I, I'm praying and saying, God, we, we need an outpouring tonight. People need to get healed. People need to get saved, delivered and set free. So there's nothing wrong with his wine. There's nothing wrong with the things that God is pouring out today. The problem is most of the time, if not all the time, it's our wineskin. We don't have the capability of moving forward with that. So it's time for us to be recultured. It's time for kingdom culture. Look at Matthew 6.33. This is a key right here. I mean, we, we can all quote that and, and just, you know, it's like every day, yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But we don't really know all of what's behind that. But this is a great key to having everything we need in life. If you need provision in your life, if you need healing, if you need things in your life, the, 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 the key is, is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's that simple. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If seeking God's kingdom and righteousness is so vital and so foundational to enjoying the life that God wants us to live, then shouldn't we understand what God's kingdom and righteousness really is? Now, look, I have a, I have a master key to my house. But if I don't know how to identify that key, I, I won't be able to get into the house. I can have 50 keys and look through all the keys, and it's like, oh, I forgot which key is the one to my house. And it's the same way God gives us keys to the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom, not to the kingdom, but keys of the kingdom. And we must identify this key. This is one of this is one of the greatest keys that he's given us to seek first the kingdom of God. So we must identify this key that Jesus has given us. And once we identify it, we need to become well acquainted with it. Because if we are ignorant of God's kingdom and his righteousness, then how can we seek after it? We can't pursue something that we have no clue about. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about God's kingdom and his righteousness. First of all, the kingdom of God, 
And I mean, there's there's so many there's so many simple terms on kingdom. And I know most of you that are on here, I don't want to assume anything, but probably most of you have looked at the definition of the kingdom and all of that. But but what I want to show you here tonight is the kingdom of God refers to his country and righteousness means his culture. So we must seek the culture of his country. And what is that culture? Kingdom culture first. So understanding kingdom culture is foundational for every believer. That's why these sessions are so important. And thank you. Thank you, Glenn, for, for doing this. But it's not a teaching just reserved. This isn't just for the spiritually advanced people. This is for the person that just got born again two hours ago. One of the biggest thing that's missing, one of the greatest things that's missing in our churches today is true discipleship. And, and I think what needs to be included in discipleship, look, I pastored, let me let me just back up for a minute. I pastored for 25 years, probably my first 12 and a half years, maybe maybe more than that. I didn't I didn't preach hardly anything on kingdom. I didn't understand this. And I understand a lot of this comes by revelation. But we need to position ourselves where we're hungry and crying out for this. And God will give us revelation after revelation after revelation. So you don't have to be a spiritually advanced person to want to study kingdom culture. We need, we need to get this in <clears throat> to the babes in Christ. It's a revelation that we must understand first and foremost. So if, we need, if we're called to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that should be one of the very first things that we're teaching uh, new converts, new folks that are coming in. When we're discipling them, we need to get this into them so they understand that. Because kingdom culture is God's priority for our lives. It is. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is more than a, than a place called heaven. It, it speaks to us of the very country of God. God is a great king. Jesus is king. Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his title. Christos, which means the anointed one, means he's the king. And you know what? Every king has a kingdom. Malachi 1.14, every king has a kingdom. So where is the kingdom of God located? Sure, the kingdom of God is in heaven, but also here on earth. Jesus came announcing this in Mark 1.5. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. So Jesus was declaring that with his revival here on planet Earth, that the kingdom of God had come. And that is exactly what Isaiah had long before prophesied about Jesus coming. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6, he said this. He said, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So even though we might think heaven, when we hear from the term of the kingdom of God, we might think about heaven, but the intent was never for God's kingdom to be confined to heaven. God purposed, he purposed that his kingdom would rule in the hearts of men and women, us spreading its culture, kingdom culture throughout the entire world so that the earth would look just like heaven. And ever since God created humanity, it was his desire, his desire that we enjoy, that we express, and that we establish his kingdom culture. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. God says to us, inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you. When? From the creation of the world. 
It's God's original plan for us to enjoy his kingdom. This is what brings him deep pleasure. Luke 12, 33 says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. My wife quotes us all the time. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Because with the kingdom comes everything that is within the kingdom. And that's important for us to understand. So, so we are called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. An ambassador is a diplomat. God's designed us to be diplomats. God made humanity in his own, in his own image so that we would be his kingdom rep representatives here on earth. You know, Jesus, Jesus spoke of the church and called the church ecclesia when, it, when he was talking to Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That word church in the Greek means ecclesia, means called out ones. It means ambassadors, representatives of the kingdom of God, moving in governmental authority. When, when we really get a hold of this kingdom culture, and when we, we are operating in greater, uh, increasing, ever-increasing anointing, folks, we are moving forward as ambassadors, as diplomats, operating in powerful governmental authority. And, and so we're destined for diplomacy. That's what we're called to call for. It is a, a diplomat is there for diplomacy. It's an official representing their home country abroad. Now we're not of this world. We're we're just passing through here, but we're we're here to represent the kingdom of God. We're we're a diplomat, and we're supposed to be operating with diplomacy, and that means that the, the profession or the activity or the skill of international relationships. Apart from, we, we don't need to bring the physical violence. Now, I know the scripture says the kingdom of God suffered violence and, and a violent taken by force. That doesn't mean we need to be physically violent. That means we need to have a violent resolve. And there has never been a time in history uh, that, that we don't need to be more violently resolved in our lives to press back from the fleshly things, from, from the works of the enemy, and really dive in and allow our flesh to, to die and yield to cultivate more of the kingdom of God. And what is that going to take? It's going to take a violent resolve. And, and maybe that's one of the action steps that need to happen here at the, at the end of this message is that we all make a decision that we've got to, we've got to have a violent resolve that I am not going to allow my flesh circumstances and the works of the enemy to dictate my life anymore, but I'm going to get into God's word. I'm going to get the revelation. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me about things that need to be broken off of my life, and I'm going to submit and surrender to that, and it's going to change my life. Amen? That's, that's important that, that we understand that. Somehow my, my screen popped off here. Hold on just a second here. Sorry about that, folks. So, so that's what diplomacy is. And now we are an ambassador. Now, an ambassador is an authorized diplomat who is officially appointed to conduct foreign diplomacy. God has appointed us. He's appointed us and given us that authority to move in miracle signs and wonders, 
to declare and demonstrate God's word. But if we're going to do that, we've got to have that culture with us too. You can't just speak these things out and not live them. And, and I'll talk about a counterfeit citizen of the kingdom in a minute. But, but look at Adam. God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden in a foreign land to represent the kingdom of God, to push God's agenda, to, to, to spread its culture abroad. They were kingdom ambassadors called to kingdom diplomacy. And this explains why, why God wanted Adam and Eve to take charge over the earth. The heaven was flooded with kingdom culture, but the earth still needed to be and still needs to be. God commanded and commissioned them to become the world's most influential leaders so that they could express and establish his kingdom culture everywhere. How? To prosper, to, to reproduce, to fill the earth, to take charge, to be responsible. This is in, in Genesis 1.28, to be responsible for all the fish and the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on this earth. And he's given that authority, and, and he's empowered us to do that. So let's not forget that Adam and Eve were made in the exact image, the, the exact representation of God in Genesis 1.27. We're created in his image as well. They were godly leaders who were to spread their wings of influence that would result in the glory of God covering the earth and the waters of the sea. That was God's original plan, and his plan has not changed, and his call for us is irrevocable. And you can find that in Romans eleven twenty nine. So God still desires that his people would become dynamic leaders on this earth. For what? To establish his culture and to push his agenda, not ours. When, when you see these ambassadors in these other countries, they're pushing the U.S. agenda or, or Australian agenda or Canadian agenda or Trinidad agenda. Wherever they're at, they're pushing their country's agenda to try to help change policies, to, to, to bring diplomacy into those countries. But what God desires, he desires for heaven to be expressed and established on this earth, and he desires it to be done through you and me. So let me reemphasize the important point here. The kingdom of God was never supposed to be confined to heaven. You see, God's not selfish. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. God's not selfish. He longs to share good things that he has, and one of them is his kingdom. His kingdom is good beyond comparison, so he wants to share it with everyone. Therefore, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught us to pray according to the will of God, which has always been kingdom culture to cover the earth. So this must become, I it has with my wife and I, this has become our fervent desire this has become our passionate prayer. This has become a primary pursuit of ours because we understand this. We get this. And so when we're in God's word, we're not just looking for information in God's word. We're looking for experience. We're looking for transformation. We're looking for revelation in God's word that will change our lives to, to allow us to move in an ever-increasing anointing. Why? Because we are establishing, we're going from faith to faith, glory to glory, walking in greater kingdom culture that's changing the lives around us. So we looked at what the kingdom 
what the kingdom is. Let's let's look at uh, righteousness here for just a couple of minutes. So when we look at righteousness, righteousness has a twofold meaning, meaning right standing. And that happens when we when we come to Christ and surrender our life, we come into right standing. But also it means right living. So when we when we see the word righteousness in the Bible, it sometimes re refers to right standing with God. Other times it refers to right living before God. And sometimes it implies both definitions. So God's desire for us is to be in right standing with his government, to live uprightly according to the written laws and the cultures norm of his country, the normal cultures of his country, the kingdom of God. So righteousness in its fullest expression is positional and practical. So when, when we become positionally righteous, we become positionally righteous when we become a kingdom citizen. We are practically righteous as we live out the kingdom culture. So it's not just getting born again, but now we got to practice this. We, that's why it's so important that we get into God's word. We embrace God's word. We understand the principles, especially kingdom principles, kingdom culture, what kingdom mindset is and how to walk in this and, and how to get it established in our life so that when we are declaring and demonstrating, it's in great contrast to what other people are saying. And people are beginning to be drawn to you because you're walking in kingdom. You're walking in that culture. It's more important. It, it, it's really important that we embrace both the, the positional and the practical for our lives. Let me, let me just show you two sides of the coin here for a minute. So counterfeit righteousness claims citizenship in God's kingdom, but rebels against the laws and culture. So we become born again, but we have no desire to live in alignment with God's word. That's one side of the coin. And then counterfeit righteousness pursues kingdom culture without even being a legal citizen. So there's a lot of people out there that can talk a lot of this stuff, but they've never really surrendered their life to Christ. They've never invited Christ in their life. So we must first become a citizen of kingdom of heaven and then pursue conformity to the culture of heaven. Now, I, I know a lot of people have a hard time with conformity, but Romans 12, 2, I know it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. This is one of the, the greatest scriptures for us and how to how to establish kingdom culture is by renewing our mind so that we will know what the will of God is, which is what 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 is what's his uh, good uh, and, and perfect will in our lives acceptable, perfect will. So when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, what happens is this, you, you become a citizen in God's kingdom. Now you have legal relationship with the government. This is legal standing. It's so important that we understand this. You know, his righteousness, when we are walking in his righteousness, when you have, when you have kingdom revelation knowledge that he is your righteousness, and you learn to get away from the self righteousness. You you get uh, you you get you learn to walk away from the self consciousness and start operating more from your spirit in God consciousness. When you're operating in God consciousness from your spirit, just like that, you know what's right and what's wrong. You know what you're going to choose. You know what you're going to 
uh, reject. There's not going to be any gray area. But when we are operating in self-consciousness, wow, we can allow distractions, we can allow our feelings, we can allow our emotions, all kinds of things to cause us to make the wrong decisions, have the wrong thinking. This is why it's so important to establish that kingdom culture, that right standing. Because when you are walking, remember what the scripture said? That, that he would uh, uh, release his scepter. Look, look at what happened to Esther. Esther evidently was in right standing before, before the king that she went before. And as she stood in the outer court, look what the king did. He extended his right hand, which, which is, represents authority. He ex extended his right hand with his scepter, and he said to her, make your request made known, and you can have anything, even half of the kingdom. Isn't that powerful? That's that's the same for us. If we have right standing with with the government of the kingdom of God, with it with the kingdom of God government, and, and we're standing in right, and we're in right standing. Which what what that means is this: when you are in right standing, when you are standing in righteousness, you're standing in Christ. Righteousness in Christ is standing in His stead. In other words, when you're preaching, you're teaching, you're speaking to someone, and you're operating in his righteousness, you are operating instead of him. He is moving through you. Why? Because you are operating from the righteousness of Christ. You're operating from your spirit. It's powerful. So citizens are born into God's kingdom, which is why Jesus said you must be born again in John 3, 7. And citizenship is where life in the kingdom really starts, okay? But as soon as you become a citizen, now it's time to learn the laws, the scripture, the word of God, and the culture of this new country that you just came into. And so if you've already been born again, you no longer need to pursue your citizenship. You're a citizen, but you do need to pursue the kingdom of God. I've been born again for decades, but I'm telling you something. I am still even probably more so, Nancy and I are more so pursuing the kingdom of God right now, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our life that, that even the little foxes, whatever it might be, that can be tripping us up to keeping us from, from being more intentional and, and having a greater desire to operate from our spirit than our flesh. So we need to pursue his ways his desires, his plans, and his purpose. And one of the greatest things you can do, if you really want to understand kingdom culture, the king's culture, study the life of Christ. That is so important. When you study his life, you're going to see these things. So Pastor Glenn, thank you for, for inviting me. And it's just been a real pleasure uh, sharing this message here tonight. You're muted. You're still muted. Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate that. I was just saying thank you, uh, Dr. John, for sharing with us. That was very powerful. Really appreciate that. Okay, guys, um, just a couple things. First of all, we will be taking some questions at this point. So please go ahead and type your questions, send it to the chat. Appreciate that. And then secondly, I just want to mention to you that Dr. John has a book that I know will really help you. Um, I don't say this casually, but it is really 
uh, a book that can bring amazing transformation to your life if you apply the principles. And it's actually available free of charge. If you live in the United States, um, it, it will be mailed to you, a physical copy. If you're overseas, you will receive a PDF copy. So you go to the website, Milestones to the Miraculous. I'm going to put that in the chat. Milestones to the Miraculous.com. And um, you can access that book. You just sign up. Now, if you want the physical copy of that book up here in the United States, you just got to pay for the shipping and it will be sent to you. All the information is there. If you want access to uh, the PDF that will be sent to you by email. Is there something else I'm missing, John, about that? There's about free, your book? free audio teachings also that come with that. So if they want to, uh, if they want to uh, go ahead and uh, just do the $6.99 for the shipping and handling, that would that would be good. And if they get a PDF, uh, they're sewing into the ministry. But if they don't feel led to do that, that's absolutely fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Worth, definitely worth it. So into the ministry and get access to a book at the same time and just help, um, you know, see the message of the kingdom continue to go forth. So yeah, again, that uh, website is in the chat. It's milestones two, and that's like the number two, the miraculous.com milestones, milestones to the miraculous.com. Amazing. Okay, guys. So let's uh, please uh, hear from you. Do you have a specific question for Dr. John that is related to what he shared tonight and the topic? Love for you to go ahead and just type that in the chat so we can ask him for his response. And uh, while you while we're waiting for you to do that, um, just want to mention our next session because of Thanksgiving in the United States later this month will be Wednesday night, the 22nd of November at 7.30 p.m. That's Central Time, Wednesday night, 22nd of November, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's Thursday morning in Asia as well as in Australia. So sign up. If you're on the email list, you'll get the Zoom link as well to, to be able to access that. But Okay, and uh, love for you guys. Just a quick reminder, kingdomcommunity.tv. Download the apps, check it out, um, watch all the content. And uh, for those of you who would like to receive the videos, as well as the notes from this, the past two sessions and the ongoing sessions, uh, plus some bonus episodes, partner with our ministry, Awake Nations. Any amount, whatever you choose, just head over to awakenations.org. If you're already a partner, we'll send that to you. Just head over to awakenations.org and uh, you sign up for a monthly, uh, for the monthly partnership. Make a one-time donation. Right now, we're actually looking to help with uh, a real urgent need. And uh, we'll tell you more about that. But essentially, there's an opportunity to help people overseas in Nepal. Um, one of uh, the young men that we've been mentoring there was an earthquake, if you just heard in Nepal, and six of the people in his church, six of the members of his church were killed in the earthquake. Aww. Tragic. He just sent me the, the photos. It's, it's just terrible. Um, so we want to do what we can to help there as well. So if you are um, 
willing to partner with us, please just head over to awakenations.org and uh, hit, click on the donate button. We can give you a tax receipt if you're in the United States. Um, but yeah, join with us, please. And look forward to seeing you next time. Doesn't look like we have any questions here, Dr. John. I mean, you must have done such a great job that no one has any questions. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Awesome. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining. And I uh, would love, love to uh, talk, see you next time as well. Blessings.